Hey there, welcome back to Brass Tacks, our video series on your toughest questions of moving from ideas to action. I'm Nicola Chin, founder of Upwith Community, a personal practice for getting in touch with our power for change. Every month we talk to amazing folks about how we are moving and energy in the world. And today I'm in Chicago, my hometown, and I'm with someone I care about deeply, my sister-in-law, <laughs> Emily Chin. Um, Emily and I have been on this shared journey of many years now, um, talking about what it means to be a multi-Asian woman in comedy, what it means to bring laughter into our lives, um, and how that translates in the rest of the work that we're doing in the world. And uh, while we're taking this special trip to Second City, I thought it'd be fun to sit down and talk more about what you've been thinking about and learning through all of this. Um, yeah, yeah, so Emily, tell us a little bit about what you're up to in the world. So um, I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I uh, perform improv comedy, uh, mostly with Arcade Comedy Theater, which is Located downtown if you're <laughs> <laughs> for everybody in Pittsburgh, 943 Liberty Avenue. Um, yeah, so yeah. I've been with them. I started taking classes um, four, five years okay. ago. Okay. Yeah, um, just kind of as a way to make friends, honestly, mm -hmm. initially. Um, I, I'd always been interested in comedy and storytelling, but um, I realized I moved back to my hometown and I had no friends that we're new friends. <laughs> so, so I was like, you know what, this is a way to meet people. Um, and it's been great. Um, I perform with the team 8-Bit, which mostly does short form, but I do long form stuff too. Um, yeah. And, and I, what's short form and what's long form? Oh, great. Yeah. So improv stuff. So short form is like if you've seen Whose Line Is It Anyway, there are games um, so with structure and that's usually explained at the top. And then um, so you see, like one of the games we have is like, Shift left, so everyone's like shaped in a box. Yeah. And then uh, there's different scenes depending on who's in the front of the box. Um, or other things, there's props and stuff you can do. Um, long form is more like a, a play um, with different kind of disconnected scenes depending on what style you're doing. Um, and it just goes on for 20 minutes and it's kind of magic. So, yeah. 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 You know, Emily, when I was a, a young community organizer and folks asked me, you know, what are the life experiences that have been most valuable to you in this job? Mm -hmm. The first thing that always came to my mind was doing improv and thinking about what I learned about myself and just other people through doing it. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what improv has kind of brought to you as you think about it. Well, it definitely, I mean, just as in terms of like a life skill, it, it makes you like quick on your feet. You can kind of think about what, what's happening with the situation. And, and I think making people laugh is also just a good way to get into their good, a stranger's good graces, even if you maybe disagree with them about something or are having some sort of conflict. If, if you can find some humor, it always helps um, yeah. with that. Um, way to connect. And it's yeah. a good way to connect, yeah. yeah. And you know, you've been, uh, it's been so incredible to watch you be a woman of color in comedy and like owning that and being yeah. really courageous. And I'm curious what you've kind of experienced through race and gender as you've done comedy improv. Yeah, so I, um, the community that I'm in is, is definitely mostly white, um, but it's a very positive and supportive community. And I, I really think that the people that founded the theater are really um, focusing on like trying to make voices that you don't usually get in comedy. Comedy voices tend to be white straight men um so that they're trying to like bring up other people and so it's felt good to 
um, do that. I've been hosting a show, co-hosting a show um, on Sundays, um, our house team show, which is fun. Um, and yeah, it's good to be on stage. Uh, uh, do you know the show Pen15? I do, on Hulu? Okay. So I had a really interesting experience watching that the first time it came out in like May, I think, yeah, um, because it's about a multi-racial multi Asian woman um, my first kind of place. Yeah. She's she's half Japanese, half white. Um, and there's this one episode where it's kind of like the racism episode, and I like saw it and I was like, oh, like this is gonna be like your standard whatever. special episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, fine. But I had like this huge emotional reaction to it um, towards the end of the episode because yeah. um, she was like getting bullied in school, basically. And I I don't think I myself experienced like a lot of bullying exactly like that, but it was like the feeling of having somebody tell my story in like a national platform that like everyone was watching it. Like it also it helps it's a very well reviewed shows. So if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Pay fifteen. Pay fifteen. <laughs> um yeah, and so it's cool it's like there haven't been a lot of Asian American faces in Hollywood in general. And so having that representation has like been super meaningful for me. And so I mean I'm I'm on a tiny stage in Pittsburgh. But like I hope that like other people can see that and just be like you know, I can see this person doing this, and yeah. maybe I can do that and go beyond. What do you recall from the story that really touched you? Uh, it was the <laughs> it was the feeling of uh, so she has like a white best friend, and so it was the feeling of like somebody who really deeply cares about you, but does not fundamentally understand what is going on <laughs> uh, for you emotionally, and like they're trying to fix it, but they're like kind of making it worse. Yeah. And so like that was a very familiar emotional thing. Um, so which sounds very serious and isn't comedic, but um, but I think that's the thing is we often use comedy to shed a different light on something that is actually really serious. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I remember when I came to comedy improv the second time in college after having tried it in high school. Yeah. Um, I had to catch myself because I realized I would go into scenes and I kept hitting people, oh. particularly men. I kept hitting the male actors on yeah, the stage yeah. with me, and it made me be like, whoa. I've got some aggression. I need to get out like somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I, but yeah. it's like coming out in this comedy. And so what's interesting is like improv have, has often been this place to like get in touch with my tuning fork, like hear my voice more mm -hmm. clearly. And that's a paradox with the fact that comedy is so grounded in a white male voice. Yeah. Right. And so it feel like you're trying, I feel like I was trying to do this double work when I was doing improv of like, be funny mm -hmm. in the status quo voice. Yeah. Because you want to make people laugh. Right. Right? But then also, like, fight for my own voice and fight for my own story. Yes. Yeah, and that's another thing. Because I, in social situations, um, I do tend to, like, pull back and I'm always a little bit quieter and more reserved. Um, so much so that people, I think, don't, are surprised when they hear that I do comedy. <laughs> um, so, and on stage, I also, usually I don't initiate scenes and I don't um, take the lead on, like, where things are going. Um, but I've had coaches and, and teachers tell me, like, hey, like, you have to be, like, I took this class that was, um, that was just, like, giving you personal notes. And so, like, all, every, every single week, the personal note was, like, be the high status character, which means, like, you know, be the king or whatever yeah. in the scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, be the dominant be identity. The dominant identity. Yeah. And like I'm never that and I think in my personal life, and I think this kind of happens to women of color, like you you kind of pull back and I, you let other people take the lead. So I think a lot of or at least I don't know, maybe not everybody does. But um 
Yeah, so I think improv is sort of like a microcosm of life, and when you're doing scenes, it it really brings out what your like natural tendencies are. Um, yeah, and it, I mean, I certainly feel more confident in the world after doing it for four or five years. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like there is this thing about you know when you're doing improv, you have to trust your partner. Yes, but you really have to trust yourself. Yes. Right? And like you can't trust your partner mm-hmm. until you trust yourself. And I feel like that part of improv has come up in so much of the work I do. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, folks will come to me from their team and they'll say, This is the change that I want in my team. Um, here are the things I think this other person needs to do. Mm-hmm. Here's the trust I want to build with this other person. Right? Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes that's just all it is. Right. Right. And sometimes what I have to go deeper with them is like, have you heard your own voice first? Have you grounded in your own trust of yourself first so that there's actually something for that other person to receive that you're throwing at them? Right? Yeah. Um, and that's what I've always loved about improv is that throwing and receiving and that throwing and receiving. Yeah. Um, and it's been this beautiful moment, I think, in pop culture to see we don't just have to throw dominant identity things at each other, even if we're being dominant. Right. Yeah. Right? Um, like, I feel like we were talking about Michelle Buto yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I think she's this great example where she plays dominant characters. Yeah. In an authentically woman of color voice. Right? Like, yeah. in her way, in her feminist way. Um and I just think that that's been a real pleasure. And part of why I wanted to talk about this during the summertime is because I think the last few months, my thoughts have been really dark again, right? You know, and I, I was just listening to Love It or Leave It, the podcast, uh, re- recovering uh, Robert Mueller's testimony, yeah. Robert Mueller's testimony this, this week. And, um, and I was just, you know, contemplating a thing that I come back to over and over again is like, we are living through incredibly chaotic and dark times, and yet we have to continue to be human. We have to continue to bring our own voices forth, right? And we're talking about an Asian woman voice. Um, You could kind of cut and copy that into lots of other different voices that we want to see in the world. Um, What would you say to someone who's like, has this image of like an improv person is like Amy Poehler? And if I don't have Amy Poehler's personality, if I don't have Amy Poehler's charisma and courage, then I can't do improv. So I firmly believe that literally everybody can should take an improv class and is capable of doing improv. Um, maybe not on the level of Amy Poehler. I'm certainly not on that level. <laughs> um, speak for yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but I, I think it teaches you to listen, which is very important. Um, even if you think you are a good listener, um, to really like pick up on what somebody else is saying and then like build something together. I think one of the most delightful things about improv is throwing an idea out there and you think it means one thing and then somebody reinterprets it back to you and it means something completely different, but you're like building this castle together and it turns into something great. So, um, yeah, just take, I think improv is amazing. Find your local improv theater and yeah, just do it. Yeah. I mean, I love that you brought up the like, yes, anding that happens in improv because I feel like I have to use that a lot as a tool when I'm facilitating group meetings because one of two things will happen. One, two people are talking and they think they're opposed to each other because they're not hearing that they're actually building or there's a way that they could be building with each other, right? Yeah. And so sometimes I'll have to say, I'm not experiencing that as a pushback. 
I'm actually experiencing that as a yes and. Yeah. Or what I'm about to say is going to sound like left field, right? right? But what I'm actually trying to do is build on what you're saying. Can you try to hear this? And sometimes it lands and sometimes it doesn't, right? Yeah. But the other thing that I'll hear that I have to kind of use that improv skill on is I'll see two people talking, and this happens a lot in New England in particular, and the Midwest. <laughs> I actually, I've actually come to the belief that I think every American region has a different way of this doing this. Oh, like okay. I think the Midwest has a way, New England has a way, West Coast has a way, South. Yeah. yeah. So, um, where two people are talking and they're actually saying different things, mm. but they want to agree so badly, they stop listening to each other. Mm. And they say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they actually aren't in alignment. And so sometimes what I have to do is say, time out on the scene, yeah. right? Like you're being a robot, you're being a farmer, like you're in an apocalyptic world, you think you're growing beets. Right. Like you're actually doing two different things. But now that we see each other, how can we say we're both on the same stage and we're talking to each other, yes. right? Like yeah. I feel like sometimes when people hear you're a robot and you're a beet farmer, they're like, oh no, relationship is broken. We're no longer in relationship right. to each other. Yeah. And it's like, okay, let's notice disagreement. Let's notice difference without breaking relationship. Yeah. And I think that's what you have to learn a lot when you're doing improv. Definitely. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, well, awesome. This has been really fun. Yeah. Thanks, Good. Emily. I appreciate it. And I can't wait for our second city show tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to put on Instagram at Nicola M. Chin how we liked it and what we yeah. thought. Um, Anywhere you want folks to be able to find you online or the work of Arcade? Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, so I, uh, my all of my Instagram and social media handles are is Eachin, but E A C H underscore I N. Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Arcade Comedy Theater in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Um, they're great. I love them. So. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And you can get all of our brass text videos on YouTube and at upwithcommunity.org. Thanks. Thank you. This content is provided in part by our supporters on Patreon and PayPal. So I want to take a moment and say thank you to everyone who gives. Not only are we creating a community of adult learners, we're making content and adding to our online resources to be shared across the country. Thanks so much for making that possible. Want to support the work of Up With Community? Visit upwithcommunity.org forward slash support to learn how.